welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. This is Chad Edgington speaking. And I am Melissa Edgington. At your service. It's Friday night. Another Friday night podcast. And uh, yeah, just doing what awesome people do on a Friday night. They come home and talk into the microphone in their office. Yeah. When they are tired from a whole week and you're thinking, can we do another podcast? <laughs> Can we survive the 18th uh, straight podcast? 18 in 18 a row. 18 days in a row. That's a lot of podcasting. Yes, it is. And I was talking to the secretaries today. Jan said, she said, well, uh, I said, well, it's hard to think of something to say, uh, you know, every night. She said, you always have something to say. I said, yeah, it's true. It really is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so I figure we will have something to talk about. The thing that I'm want to talk about that I'm excited about. Um, it's kind of a worldly thing, kind of something that probably doesn't matter in the grand scheme of the universe, but I think our house looks really cool right now. Yes. And I think it's going to even get better. Yeah, it's really exciting. We had, we had the, um, so we, we live in a church parsonage that, uh, you know, I don't even know the whole story of how the church came to own this house, but the church acquired it, and I think it was donated, and then the the property committee, you know, several years ago, 10 years ago or something, fixed it up, and they did a really great job on the inside of the house, don't you think? Yeah. It's that really nice paint color, crown, they put crown molding in, and flooring, uh, kind of a, what do you call that type of flooring, the... Laminate wood type yeah. flooring, redid the bathrooms, so it's really nice. Uh, has uh, you know they take really take care of us. Our church does, but the outside of the house um, really probably hasn't had much attention. Right. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know when or if ever, but we've got some like rain drainage issues, and so this year the property committee says we're going to address this stuff. And then they decided to paint the house and to do some landscaping. And so we just kind of finished the painting the house portion. Yeah. And Melissa picked out the colors. White, blue shutters. And what would you call the door it's color? navy blue shutters. Navy blue shutters, white house. And I would call it mango. And mango doors. I think it is some some kind of mango is what the paint color is named. You know, and I went with her to the Sherwin-Williams... And she was picking out the colors, and, you know, um, it's one of these things where what I've noticed in life is that many times those around Melissa Edgington tend to doubt her. <laughs> and will say, are you sure you just want to paint that house white? That's white? Yes, that's what I want. It'll be a white house. It's a white house. It's going to be white. She kept saying that over and over again. And I thought, wow, it's going to look crazy. And then whenever it's done, I come back to the to the old truth that I come back to every day when she reminds me. <laughs> Not really. I come back to the like why do we why did we doubt you on the paint colors? I mean, it's fantastic. It looks amazing. And it's going to look even better when we get the landscaping in. So we're looking forward to all these exciting changes, aren't you? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the landscaping. I think that's going to make a huge difference. Right now that we have no 
you know, it's like you can see where the house meets the ground all across the front of the house. So I think whenever we get some bushes, some flowers or something, whatever their plan is, it's going to look really good. Yep. And so we're going to get the paint, and then they're going to fix the... The big thing that will help is when they fix the uh, the curbs, so the water will just... So what happens is, I don't know why all the streets work this way, uh, but our our the road we live on... Um, when it rains, it runs like a river. Yeah. And then our our garage is sort of um, cut into the ground a little bit, so the water just runs right into our garage. Yeah. Probably freaks the cat out. Cat out. Freaks the cat out. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that they're going to address that. So yeah, all sorts of really awesome improvements, and really just kind of just is kind of exciting. Even though I know that doesn't matter, and it's vain and all that kind of stuff, but it's it really does kind of make it pleasant, and I appreciate it. Our church takes such good care yeah. of us. They're so, so nice to us. All right, let's get into our topic. Okay, so we're in the middle of 31 things to teach your kids in 31 days, and it is day 18, and tonight we're talking about teaching your kids about the dangers of technology. So this is a pretty major one, I would say, for parents who are raising kids right now. And I think that parents of our generation are notoriously naive about what is happening on their kids' phones. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure why we've become this very um, naive, in denial uh, you think it's just people just don't want to talk about it with their kids? I guess so. I think that people just don't want to think that um, their kids would ever get involved, you know, with pornography on the Internet. Or they don't want to think their kids would send naked pictures of themselves or that kind of thing. I think parents just think, oh, my kid would never do that. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, you know, and they don't. They don't face up to the kind of temptations mm -hmm. in this whole world that's really trying to devour your kids through their phone. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to look at it like that. There is a there is truly a multi-million dollar industry that is trying to get your kids to see porn. And mm -hmm. they have lots of strategies to make it happen. So... I think that you should start very young teaching your kids what pornography is. Right. There's a book that I use with our kids that's called, um, oh shoot, what is it called? Um, I'll have to look that up and let you guys know. But basically, it's a children's book and you just go, through, oh, it's called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Mm. And so it is a book that goes through and teaches kids what pornography is, what to do when they see it. And, of course, it's explaining it in kid terminology. But I think it's important for kids to have a plan because it's not if they see it. It's when they see it mm -hmm. in our culture. Our kids don't have phones, but all their friends do. Right. And so there's going to be a time when our kids are exposed to it. And, you know, the studies now show that the average age of exposure is nine years old. Mm. And so we have to start very early training our kids to recognize it when they see it, to call it what it is, to turn away from it, and to go tell an adult. 
And that's what that book helps you do. So I'll put a link to that for you guys. Good pictures, bad pictures is what it's called. Yeah, my favorite story of our our kids, or one of my favorite stories in, in this area, I don't know if you can have favorite stories, but we were at the some art museum in Dallas. I know I've told this on the podcast before. We were at the Kimball, I think, and Sawyer was walking through. We were looking at um, famous, famous paintings, and there's a docent in every room that's making sure you don't get close to the paintings, that you don't touch them. It's kind of something amazing about Fort Worth is that uh, there are some uh, two really world-class museums with amazing art in them. And, you know, this stuff is centuries old and high class, and even the docents are wearing ties and jackets. And Sawyer walked up and looked at this picture, <laughs> and I guess you'd worked on the book with him. Or he'd read the book with you, and he looked and pointed at you. How old do you think he was when we were there? Maybe yeah. six or seven? Yeah. He looked up at this picture and pointed at it and said, that is pornography. <laughs> and if it, it, it hollered it out in the whole room as some kind of, you know, nude painting of some angel, or I don't even know what it was, a woman. And uh, he just looked up there and pointed and called it out. That's what it was. And I walked up there and I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, it really is. It's a naked person. So but I always thought that was hilarious. That's pornography right there. He just called it out. But that's good that, you know, he knew what it was and he knew it when he saw it. Yeah. You know, you know we've talked to our kids so much about um, phones and about the dangers of what you can find on there that they really do think that you know they they really are of the opinion that kids should not have phones yeah and i think they see how it really whenever kids teenagers or kids get a phone it really changes them i think we've all noticed even as adults how much it changes us it's bad we rely to, we're addicted we're, it's bad and and it really is uh, was it was so great to remember the days where if you left, you, you know, I remember leaving um, college and driving back home. There, there was no phone. All I had was a CB radio. Um, and, and there was when you went shopping or you went out and went, went to do something, it was just you and whoever you were with. Uh, there, was, there was no connection that was going on. Yeah. That was a neat way to live. It was... So when you look back at that time before cell phones became so popular and you say, you know, really, we didn't realize it, but in the late 80s and the early to mid 90s before everyone had phones, maybe the only phones people had, I think you had the bag phone in your car, but you weren't allowed to use it, right? Well, because it was so expensive. Yeah, it was really high. It was only for emergencies. emergencies. (laughs) So you've got the, um, you know, like the before technology, before BC, before cell phones. And you look at that time we were alive and say, you know, that was really, we didn't realize it, but it was really more like living in the 50s or 60s than it was like living now. Yeah. Because phones were still on walls. The connectivity was, there was, the internet wasn't there. I mean, once that happened, everything changed. And so it's kind of strange to be in this sort of bridge generation because I think generations older than us, even though many of them have adapted to certain technologies, our generation really embraced it and was the generation that ran with it. Um, 
with the internet and wasn't you know was looking forward to it and didn't think it was an awful change but thought this is the great this is the greatest thing ever and then you kind of look back at it now if you've had the internet around for 20 years and you say i don't know that really changed a lot of things it really changed our brains and rewired them and it certainly did make um pornography and uh, you know uh, pre- uh, people preying on other people and it made that so much easier it really the internet's been great for the church it's been great for getting sermons up and discipleship and in many ways i feel like i'm sort of in, discipled by internet ministries but at the same time i know it's it winds up being uh, a great source of temptation sin um, you know, just the world at your fingertips, and you can get into all sorts of trouble on the internet, and people do regularly, regularly, regularly. <laughs> so, it's um, something to teach your kids to, to be aware of, especially when it comes to social media sites. Uh, so, I'd say you know the pornography is is definitely a big deal, but also social media sometimes can be a gateway to that t- the uh, exploitation of a child yeah. that the parents won't even ever know about. So we had a man come in from a group called Above the Fray, came and spoke in Olney, and he's talking about social media stress to the children. Hey, re- realize that Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, these are not the, that's not the product here. The product is you. The product is that you're on this social media site and there's advertisers who are going to advertise because you're there. You're what the company is selling to the advertisers. And so they don't care about you. They care about making money. Uh, they're not tra- trying to build community for you. So you've got to be wary of what they're throwing at you because they're trying to make money off of you. And that social component also g- gives other people access to your teenagers or your yeah. children. And and uh, there was some little little musical music type app what was that where they made little videos was that the where they like lip syncing mm-hmm. and it, it just seemed like a, a app where you kids could lip sync music but then it turned out to people were warning on the internet do you remember what that was called musically musically it turned out to have a really dangerous social component yeah and they're all going to have that social component because that's what makes them money mm-hmm so you've got to teach the kids to have a real healthy fear and healthy awareness of the danger of all of these um, different social media platforms that are on their phones and on their uh, iPods or their pads or whatever whatever you whatever you give them their tablets. So you've got to have that conversation with them, and then I think you can help them by not. You know, they can't, if they can't get on the internet, if they can't, you know, put those restrictions on. The Apple products are very easy to restrict. Put the restrictions on there. Um, monitor the time that they spend on, you know, devices, computers, whatever. Know what they're doing. Ask them what they're doing. Let them know that they don't have any privacy on anything that you give them, especially their phones. Uh, when you know they're texting or emailing, feel free to scroll through. Don't give them any privacy. Wouldn't you agree with that? I totally agree with that. And another aspect of having these devices is that you are giving other people access to your children in their home. Mm-hmm. And not just strangers on the Internet, on social media, which they should be afraid of. But um, 
their friends or people they know from school. And there have been so many cases in the past few years of kids just being driven to absolute despair Mm -hmm. by the bullying that they are getting on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And that's one reason that I believe you should hold off until kids are much older to give them access to social media or even texting. Our kids have iPods. They're allowed to text their grandparents. They can text their cousins. That's it. That's the extent of what they do on their iPods. Mm-hmm. I think, she, you know, I know our oldest is sometimes will express some frustration, like, here comes the summer, and all my friends are still going to be basically hanging out all the time on their phones the way they do, and I'm going to miss all that. And I said, yeah, but what, but what, what are the dangers? And I, we kind of proed and conned it. And by the end of the pros and cons, she said, yeah, I think it's better. It's still better for me if I don't have all that stuff. Uh, it seems to cause so much more trouble. And I right. said, and think of all the trouble that that's going to, all the fighting and all the trouble that that's going to cause when they're, when they have those devices and those platforms that they're using. And you're going to be totally above all that. You know, you're, you're not going to have, have, have dipped down into that silliness. Right. And you'll be above, you'll, you'll be above the fray. I said to use the, the name of that organization. There, there are real spiritual dangers to having access to technology for all of us, not just for kids. Mm -hmm. So we have to consider what it could mean to our kids' spiritual development, to their future marriage, you know, and their relationships. Pornography is a a complete destroyer of marriages. I mean, it just absolutely ravages marriages because, um, you know, it's something that it's so hard to resist the temptation. That's why we are firm believers in having accountability software on all your devices, having filters, you know, where if, if the temptation is there, there yeah. are ways that you can avoid and flee the temptation without totally chucking all the technology. Right. And I think you have to, you have to try, you know, to put those accountabilities and safeguards and, you know, I, I question someone who struggles and they say, well, I'm struggling in this area uh, with looking at pornography or I'm struggling here. Uh, and and I say, well, the, you know, the answer is accountability. Well, you know, I just I just don't know. It just seems really drastic to, to do. Well, OK. Are you, are you really upset with it or not? Yeah. You know, because uh, you, if you're not even tr- if someone's not even w- willing to fight for purity, I mean, cause you, you say. Uh, we want to fight. I guess what I've, I've 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 thought about this as far as like men's ministry. You say you want to. F- we say we want to fight. Uh, f- fight sin. Well, you know the problem is that anytime you ever decide you're going to fight sin, you're going to lose. It's going to beat you. Sin's much more powerful than you are. Mm-hmm. So when you decide in your own strength and in your own power that you're going to try to fight sin, you're going to lose. You're going to lose every time because you can't. You you simply, in your own strength, are not stronger than what the devil's going to throw at you. He's been around for a lot longer. He knows humanity a lot better than anybody else. He probably knows a lot of things about you better than you know him yourself, Mr. Hari's window again. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, if if we'll say, Jesus, how do I, how do I avoid this? How do I, how do I... Um, how do I not sin and sin against you? Then I think the answer comes is like, like you're saying, fleeing it. Um, 
And instead of saying, I'm going to fight this sin, I'm going to resist this sin, I think it's more helpful to say, I'm going to fight for purity. I want, to tr- I want my aim and my goal uh, to be something even better than just not sinning, but, but to be pure. Mm. And then you're not going to be, you know, you're a sinner. Uh, your mind's still going to go places. Your eyes are still going to look at things that they shouldn't. But if you're not even willing to f- to to fight for that purity, if you're not willing to set your eyes on a goal of pleasing Christ and honoring the people in your life and and doing your doing your your uh, uh, best to be a disciple of Christ, then I'm, I I question. Well, do you really want do you really want to change? Is yeah. this something you really want to repent of? And if it, if it is, if you go to your wife or your kids and you say, Hey, you know, we're gonna let's do this. Let's 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 really fight for purity, and let's just try to remove some of these things that we know are temptations. No one's going to think anything about that. Yeah. But people are so fearful to say, you know, I really struggle in this area. Uh, I really, and then then I think even more so. I guess people say, I just can't imagine my kids struggling in this area. I just don't want to think that that my little boy or my daughter or whatever is would struggle in this area. But if you it would, it, I saw something on the internet. It would be like if you uh, put, you know, a stack of a thousand Playboy magazines in a kid's closet and said, look, don't look at these. That's kind of what's like handing a kid a phone with unrestricted access to the internet. Yeah. It's like handing them all the pornography, pictures and videos and all different types of pornography uh, all different ways that they could get into trouble uh, with high-definition video cameras and ways to take pictures and people that are going to solicit them for pictures. I mean, not only would your, could your kids be into um, looking at pornography, at some these kids these days are making it. Yeah. And then, and then I just think, why are we not shielding them from the heartache that the kids can't make good decisions? Yeah. So if if, a, if your son or daughter walked into the AT&T store under the age of 18 or whatever it is, uh, they would not, they'll not let them open up an account. They, wouldn't, they won't give them a phone because we don't trust minors to make those kinds of decisions. We understand when a ch- when, uh, before a kid, each, uh, a kid reaches the age of majority that they can't enter into contracts. We understand as a society, children and, and teenagers don't make good decisions. There are, you know, we give them tremendous supervision when they work at stores uh, and oversight because we know if you don't manage them well, they don't make good decisions on their own. But yet we'll hand them this phone and say, okay, I'm, I'm basically handing you a device that can, you can use to completely destroy your life. Yeah. And have fun. Right. It's, it's crazy. So if, I think you have to talk to your kids about this. Look, this thing is really dangerous. Uh I, a lot of the issues we're seeing now, I mean, this terrible tragedy today in Santa Fe. I mean, we have, don't have all the facts on it uh, of, of the sh- shooter and his motives and all that, but they already had pulled up his Facebook page, and they'd already seen that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they were, where he had put stuff up there about how bad he was, you know, and, and what he wanted to do. So... Um, at least there's that component was probably there's probably some sort of technological component to prob- a lot of these shootings and a lot of these tragedies and and 
and it's just parents checked out and not aware that their kids are living this whole life that they don't know anything about. Yeah. And you've got to, you've got to, you can't just maybe not let them be a part of the a digital life and an online life, but you need to be a, you need to know what's going on in that world. And you have to talk to your kids about the naked pictures thing, because you know, that is something that you, you think in your heart, my daughter would never in a million years fall for that. And yet they do every single day. Mm-hmm. Christian girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and just because they want attention. I mean, there's just, it just plays off things that we really want. But we have to be talking to them about these things. Yeah. We cannot raise children in this time. And not talk to them about sex and not talk to them about all of these issues with technology. We have had um, accountability software on our devices for the majority of our marriage. I think we got it in 2004. So for 14, or what is, that, what is it, 14 years? Yeah, so, 14 yeah. years. And, I mean, it is, it's we just... Use, we it's, use Covenant Eyes. And what's really cool at T4G to get to uh, see their booth and talk to them. And uh, to see that they were there and people were going by and interested in what they were doing. So it's co- I think it's CovenantEyes.com. And it's gone. The price has gone up. It used to be like seven six ninety nine, you know, years ago. And I think it's up to like eleven ninety nine now. But um, you know, that's a, if you're wondering, well, what what how do what are they talking about? That's it. So what were you gonna say? That's two cups of coffee a month, guys, to get accountability software on your phone. Mm-hmm. And all your devices for your kids and for your marriage. And it's just a no brainer to me if you are a Christian and you use technology. Right. Yeah. So it's really, um, it's important and, you know, uh, understand, don't, and don't freak out, you know, when you're having those conversations. It's just, it's, a, it's, a, it's normal now. But it's also normal for kids to be sharing these pictures of themselves. Yeah. And so you, you've got to, you've got to be that voice of reason, and you can't just come at them all emotionally. You have to, you have to say, let's talk about what God desires for us here, and how we can strive to be obedient. And then in that context, I think they're going to understand that you're, you're trying to tell them something that's true and that's biblical, and you're not just trying to be a prude. You yeah. Know, that and you're and trying to do what's know. best for them. Please know your child doesn't have to be looking for pornography on the internet to find it. Mm-hmm. My friend was just telling me about a second grade little girl who was trying to look up something that was totally innocent and she didn't know how to spell it. And it brought up pornography mm-hmm. on her device. Yeah, I mean, so. it can happen in the most innocent ways. But once a child has seen something, they can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, you don't know what that could lead to. And and there are studies now that are, you know, these are the first, the first um, kids are coming into adulthood who have had access to pornography all mm-hmm. through growing up. Mm. And these young boys, these boys in their 20s are becoming impotent. Mm-hmm. This is no joke. It changes your brain, mm-hmm. changes the physiology of your body looking at these images for so many years. So this is not just, I mean, this is a bigger deal than people want to think that it is. Mm-hmm. You cannot ignore this in your family. But I've also seen hope, hopeful things on that is that 
your it rewires your brain, but you can actually re- rewire your brain back. Yes, that's right. So that's kind of a good thing that in this, it's not like it. It's you know, I've it's heard, not irreversible. Yeah, I've heard change. like there's some addictions like meth or heroin, where your brain never stops desiring that. Like once you've done that, you can't. It's always you're always going to have that craving of in some some way. But this is different. You can actually train your brain back. Uh, uh, to to be, to respond to the more normative stimuli because it's not normal. Like n- no one in the history of the world has ever had th- that this much access to sexually stimulating material right. just at their fingertips. So whenever that the novelty of that of pornography, of you know, a new video, a new picture, a new whatever every day that these kids are looking at and then you, they, they'll think well it'll it'll fix it when i get married mm-hmm. it'll fix it when i have a girlfriend or whatever they whatever they're thinking so whenever they do finally meet someone and fall in love with them and then after time that since their their brain is so used to novelty they return to the pornography for the novelty and then don't they're not able to norm, normatively have sexual relations with whoever it is so imagine that a whole generation now of, of boys becoming men who are going to get married and not under and and there's going to be no like they're not going to be able to relate in a in a um what would, like a normal sexual way mm-hmm. uh, uh with their spouse because their spouse is the same person every night you know it's not just it's not yeah. novelty every night yeah. so I, I know there's and you can there's ted talks on that and and all sorts of really good scientific information on those things but and by the way there are other issues related to that as well where um girls are now being pressured to do things that women in pornography films have done and and girls are ending up really getting in very abusive situations mm-hmm. Where they are being um, violently uh, assaulted. Yes. Um, you know, told this is nor- this is what I want. This is to, to please boys so they can do what they've seen on the videos. And they're being taught that things like anal sex are mm-hmm. normal and that everybody does that. And it's and that's, just. A, and then they wind up getting hurt. It's a very, it's a very destructive cycle yeah, crazy. For, for everyone involved. So it's really important. It's just so important. We can't ignore this issue. So I would say we, we'll wrap this up, but educate yourself on the issues there. Uh, I want to I mention a couple of books. So there's a book called Every Man's Battle. It's been around forever. It's, it's a great, um, it's just a great book. I have read it too. And it, it's really an eye opener. And then there's uh, the kind of the companion book for women. It's called Every Woman's Battle. And then they have teenage versions of those books as well. So those are good resources for you to use in your family. Tim Challies has a resource. I think it's available as a free ebook on his website, Challies.com, C H A L L I E S.com. It's called Sexual Detox. There's also a lot of resources on the Covenant Eyes website, and I think that there's something called XXX Church that has a lot of resources also. So um, we'll post some links for y'all to make it easier for you to find some things. So uh, educate, you know, and and all those have uh, all of those websites, especially especially the um, 
the, the accountability software will have st- statistics and helps and ways to talk to your children about this. And so that they, and if you have questions about that, they're the people that we met had lots of answers and, you know, this is something they're studying and, um, it's an, it's a great, it's kind of a great big experiment at this point. And I think what we're going to find is as we see this continually destroying society, we're going to see access restricted a la the way they're doing it now over in Great Britain, which I think is a great idea. Uh, have you read about that? No. What are they doing? They're they're going to do an age verification requirement to look at adult websites. Okay, How do they verify the age? You'll have to get some kind of a pass key that verifies your age. And so you'll have to give information to a certain group or office or something. It's almost like getting having an having to show your ID hmm. to make sure that you're of age. So it's kind of almost going back to the idea, you know, that's one of the things that makes sexual sin on the Internet so easy is because it's so anonymous. Mm -hmm. And if you're having to say, hey, I want to come in and look at these naked women. Uh, My name is Chad Edgington. Here's how old I am. Here's my information. Here's my ID number. Maybe people will say, I'm not sure I want that website to have my ID number. But but for any adult site, that's what you're going to have to have. Yeah. Because they're worried about their kids over there. Yeah. And I think that's that's the kind of thing we're going to see happen over here is that eventually there'll be such an outcry to our politicians that we're tired of this... um, Pre- the prevalence of, I mean, if you, I saw on Drudge not too long ago, they had the top websites in that are visited in the United States and something like four or five of them in the top 100 and even, even several in the top five were just porn sites, hmm. like more popular than sites you, that you could, that are the most popular sites you can imagine. Yeah. And you think, man, is that, that's really what we're consuming yeah. But why wouldn't why wouldn't that be what we're consuming? Whenever our the prevailing voices in the culture and the, the, the culture makers, the entertainers and all the that's what they're telling us is the thing that matters. That is the God that we worship in this country, is the God of sex. Mm-hmm. And our kids are taught that nothing your your what you your sexuality is the most important thing about you. Your uh, sexual identity is the is the thing that is the most important thing. Yeah. And so when you tell them that, eventually they start to believe it. Mm-hmm. And so until we start to tell them otherwise and teach them otherwise, they're going to just do what the culture does. Yeah. And that's what we're fighting against. That is the reality. So uh, educate your kids, educate yourself, and teach them that this technology is a great tool. But like any tool, uh, it can be also used. It can be used for good or for evil. Yeah. So. All right. Any any other parting words? I think that's it. All right. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow night when we podcast number 19 in a row on Saturday night. (laughs) Oh, man. See you then. Bye-bye.